0: Last night at 7 o'clock, I got a text from Pastor Nick. Pastor Nick serves on our staff as our community pastor. He's also very talented in the musical arts. He's married to Maddie, our worship pastor. They go together. They're a thing. Yeah, they're a thing. A permanent fling, that's what I call them. I got a text from him and last night at 7 o'clock. He goes, hey, Luke, I think Maddie got the same stomach bug I had. She's thrown up everywhere. I'm like, that's nasty. You think she's going to be okay by the morning? No, definitely not. Definitely not. You see, Maddie was supposed to preach this morning. Yeah, now you know where I'm going. So here's my disclaimer. If I say anything that is unbiblical, right, unhelpful, unethical, it's not for a lack of desire. It's simply a lack of sleep, right? Because I had to prep a message last night at 10 p.m. on peace, You see what I'm going through right now, right? Right? Here's here's my firm conviction. Here's my firm conviction. The Word of God and the Spirit of God make up for the lack of humanity. Amen? Amen. Come on. So this morning, I need something from you. I need your participation. I need your feedback. I need you to be all in this morning because I ain't all there this morning. You know what I mean? It was a late, late night last night. But it is just like God's humor to force us to embody peace, the theme that we're supposed to communicate this morning. And I'll tell you what, I do have peace. I do have peace. Because I'm not worried about polished, professional, anything in the church. I care about authenticity. I care about the Spirit of God slicing through everything in your life. All of the bad stuff that happened last week. All of the garbage you brought in this morning. The Spirit of God is sufficient to get through all of that to get to your soul. And if you're here this morning and you want a word from the Lord, it means your ears have to be open, your heart has to be open, your mind has to be open, and your spirit has to be participatory in this morning's next 40 minutes. And I believe that when a body of believers come together to worship Jesus, something is unlocked in the atmosphere. I believe that there are people here this morning who do not know the risen King, Jesus. But you are here, which means you are curious enough about Jesus to learn more about him. Or you're open enough to the church to participate in a Sunday morning worship service. If you are here this morning and, and you don't know Jesus, if you're here this morning and you don't know God, you are not here by accident. You are here because the authority of God's word does not return void in someone's life. And the Spirit of God is sufficient to speak directly to your soul this morning. So I need you to join me in a prayer so I can get through the next 40 minutes and not say something stupid. Amen? Spirit of the living God, we just call upon your name even now in these moments. We trust you. We love you. We worship you. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would quench every parched place in our souls. Oh God, we need you. God, would you satisfy every hunger that is deep within our humanity? Oh, God, we need you. May your peace come about from heaven into all our hearts and into this room and make us new in your presence, God. We want to be attentive and present to your presence this morning. And there's just something about this season, God where everything is experienced in the extremes. Festivities and hope and joy, and then despair and frustration, loss and grief. And Lord, you know where every soul is at in this room and who's worshiping online this morning. And so we pray that your Holy Spirit would meet that person there and then do a work in that person that would result in transformation. So that person would be made new again or perhaps be found for the first time in your love. And God's people passionately said together, amen. I want to introduce to you this morning a little scale that I have used most of my life, most of my adult life, rather, that has helped me understand who I am. And it helps, under, helps me understand who humanity is and why humanity is the way humanity is. I want to introduce to you a scale. It's the negative 10, 0. Positive 10 scale. The team's going to leave that on the screen there for an indefinite amount of time going forward because I'm going to teach you how this scale potentially could be a tool that will help you this morning become someone who doesn't just have peace in their life but has peace with God. Because having peace in your life or in your circumstances is not the same thing as having peace with God. I want to teach you this scale now. So negative 10. I'm going to give you an example of negative... I'm going to give you several examples of negative 10. Negative 10 is, I'm stressed because parenting young children is stressful. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Come on. Come on, Spirit. We know you're here. I'm anxious and can't sleep because I can't afford Christmas this year. That's a negative 10. I circumstantially am depressed because I'm stuck in a job I don't like. I don't love not playing to my gifts or passions. That's a negative 10. I'm lonely because making and keeping friends is harder than it has ever been. No one wants to say amen to that. The unhealthy stuff that we tend to do then to resolve the depressiveness, the anxiousness, the stress, and the loneliness actually just makes that negative 10 Emotional state, worse. For example, when you are experiencing a negative 10 in your stressed out parenting, or you're experiencing a negative 10 in your friendships because you don't have many friends, or you're experiencing a negative 10 in your job because you don't love that job, fill in that blank. Now, you're experiencing that negative 10. The unhealthy human tendency is to try to resolve that negative 10 emotion with more negativity. And so what humanity does is they open a bottle of alcohol to resolve that negative 10 emotion. But a bottle of alcohol and getting hammered just takes you from negative 10 to negative 15. It just makes it worse. Or or you open your laptop and you watch porn late into the night because you're so lonely. Lonely. You take that negative 10 and you turn it into a negative 15 or or a negative 20. Or because you're just desperate for an increased finances, you risk it all and you begin to gamble away savings online. And then you lose more money and you go deeper into debt. You're turning that negative 10 into a negative 15 or a negative 15 into a negative 20. And now you can get marijuana everywhere. And so you're at a negative 10 and you're stressed out, you're anxious, you're depressed, you're lonely, so you go buy pot and you smoke pot and you turn that negative 10 into like a negative 30. The humanity's humanity's tendency to resolve negative 10 experiences are really unhealthy. And this is where self-help books come in or self-help mantra comes in. And we begin to try to do some healthy things. Now, I'm not throwing shade at some of these things. It is very healthy to go to the gym if you're experiencing a negative 10. If you have a negative 10 emotion and you're stressed out, you're anxious, you're lonely, or you're depressed, going to the gym can help a lot. So go to the gym. It might take you from a negative 10 to a negative five, or even up to a zero. Or, Or maybe for you, it's not the gym. You just need to get a quiet room open a book with a hot cup of tea, and that's like, bingo, that's my, that's my thing. And you've just moved from a negative 10 to a negative five, or up to an even a zero. Or, or maybe it has nothing to do with a book, nothing to do with the gym, it's really for you, it's just like, I just need to cook myself a home-cooked meal with a little bit of music on in the background. Do you like that dance? and you just move from a negative 10 to a negative five or even up to a zero. There's nothing wrong with some of those healthy resolutions to resolve a negative 10 emotion. There's nothing wrong with it, but it does reveal something, that we do everything we can to manufacture peace. Whether we resolve negative emotions with more unhealth or we resolve negative emotions with manufacturing peace, we are the ones that are resolving for us and in our souls something that only God can give to us. And so you can go to the gym all you want and you can read a book in the quiet room all you want And you can cook a meal and turn on some music all you want, but you have only changed your mood. You have not introduced peace to your soul. You've gone from a negative 10 to a zero. And that's progress, but that is less than what God promised. Because I'm a firm believer that in John 10.10, Jesus says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy And then Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and life to the mediocre. Wait a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. And have life and life to the what? Did Jesus suffer on the cross and was buried for three days and then resurrect from that grave after three days so that we could live At zero. So that we could stay at zero. Is that really what it means to live life and life to the full? Can we just collectively confess this morning that we have settled for a life of mediocrity? We have settled for what is mediocre because we want to be in control of creating for us peace, our version of peace. I have a lot of negative 10 emotions. All of humanity does. Anger is so easy these days, right? Depressiveness, circumstantially or clinically. Anxious about money, my gosh, it seems like more than ever. The difficulty of making friendships and so loneliness just perpetuates. And so we have all these negative life experiences and negative emotions, And we do everything we can to resolve those negative emotions and the unhealthy direction we talked about, but the healthy direction we settle for. We settle for a book in a quiet room and call it peace. We settle for a home-cooked meal and music on and call it peace. We settle for the gym and call it peace, which I don't know how you could call the gym peaceful. (laughs) And so we try to control and manufacture environments that are peaceful. I can prove this, I want you in your mind's eye to picture a Christmas tree beautifully lit and beautifully decorated. Now I want you to picture behind that a crackling fire. And then you'll see next to the fire on the floor, a, a cat, curled, not a cat, Cat should be outside. <laughs> amen. A dog curled up on the floor, amen, amen. And you step back, and you see the Christmas tree lit, and you see the crackling fire, and you see that little doggie, and you hear some music in the background. You take a deep sigh, and you're like, oh, it looks so. It looks so peaceful. It looks so inviting. It looks so peaceful. I want me some of that. Give me some of that peacefulness. But here's the problem with peaceful scenes. They don't come with them, the power and the authority needed to give peace to your soul. They can only change your mood. And for those of you this morning who are longing for a peace that surpasses All understanding and all scenes and everything that the holidays bring, I'm telling you right now that it is only Jesus that can give you what your soul longs for the most. We have settled for as long as everything is peaceful, even if it is mediocre. This morning we have an opportunity come under the authority of God's word and have the spirit of God change that for us so that we can enjoy Christmas the way God intended it. I can prove it on a global level. Israel and the war against Hamas, their attempts at ceasefires. Well, history has shown over and over and over again numerous examples of peace treaties. So control the environment, you get peace. How about on a local level? There are curfews and noise ordinances. Again, an ability to or an attempt to create peace. On a soul level, we don't know what to do. We don't know how to have peace in our souls. But yet we've convinced ourselves, if I can just create for myself a peaceful environment and live at zero, if I can just be at no conflict, If I can just be at no chaos, if I can just escape the drama of the holidays, if I can just get sick on Christmas Eve so I don't have to go to my mother-in-laws, my father-in-laws, that distant relatives that just triggers childhood trauma for you, if we can just be at zero. But that is not what John 10.10 said. John 10.10, Jesus promised that he would bring life and life to the full, which means that positive 10 is possible in Jesus' opinion. So I don't know who you are, what part of town you came from this morning, and the story that you carry with you. But as long as you are seeking peace in your soul but you're trying to find that peace in the outside exterior world, you will find yourself at a zero at best. But instead, you're here, which means that you can hear what the word of God has to say about the person of God, Jesus. And potentially your life could change radically, be transformed from the time of you meeting Jesus forevermore. The positive 10, peace, that the Bible speaks about is a word, and the word is shalom. Can you say shalom? Shalom means peace, but it does not mean the absence of conflict. Remember, that was zero, the absence of chaos or conflict or hostility. That's zero. Shalom means wholeness or completeness or totalness, or 100%ness. Shalom is a biblical peace that is brought up near 500 times in the Old Testament. And and this peace can only be found in the word of God. There is no other document written in all of the works of antiquity throughout all of the generations of time that speaks to the word shalom. Shalom because it can't be found anywhere else except from the voice of God. God is offering something in the word of God that cannot be found or discovered or experienced anywhere else in life other than that of God himself. Shalom does not mean the absence of conflict. It means there is no conflict because there is complete and total wholeness. It is the positive 10. Shalom is the positive 10. I think that if I were to ask all of you, do you want shalom? Do you want a positive 10? Do you want your cup full and overflowing? Do you want the Spirit of God working in you and through you regularly? Do you want to not succumb to the impulse of arguing with your spouse or yelling at your kids or having anxiety about money? My guess is that all of you would say, yeah, that sounds great. It would be great not have anxiety about money or fight with my spouse or yell at my kids or it would be great if I would just love my job. It would be fantastic if I was just comfortable in my own skin. All of us are a lot more alike than we are different. We all want the same thing. We all want shalom, complete and total wholeness and completeness and 100%ness. We want the positive 10. We realized that we have settled for zero. We've settled for it mediocre, but we long for something that can be only given to us by Jesus. It would be very nice if all of us lived in a plus 10 mindset. It would be great if all of us lived in a plus 10 everyday experience. But reality is very different, isn't it? Here's the thing about Jesus that you might welcome this morning. Jesus is a realist. I want you to look at John 16, 33. It'll be on my screens to my left and my right. Jesus says this, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. Now, here's the next thing that's just so real. In this world, you will have trouble. Can there be anyone in this room that would disagree with that? Is there anyone in this room that totally knows Jesus is telling the truth? We will have trouble. For those of us who are looking at the next season, if I can just get through the holidays and into 2024, things are going to calm down. No, they are not. (laughs) if I can just get through this next family meal and holiday meal with my extended relatives, if I can just get home, things will be much better. Yeah, until you get home and realize your basement flooded, like it will not get better by your standard of better. Because Jesus promised that in this world you will have trouble, and there's nothing like the holidays to be troublesome. That family drama, that unresolved childhood trauma, the jealousy of siblings, anger, unmet expectations, it's like all under that tree. It's all there. Jesus promised you're gonna have trouble, but he doesn't stop there, does he? Look at the rest of the verse. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Praise Jesus that he has overcome the world. (laughs) Amen to God's ability to overcome the world. But why does it feel like he didn't? (laughs) Like, I believe theologically and biblically that you have overcome the world. So why am I having so much trouble? Why am I experiencing life and life to the mediocre? Why do I keep having drama at work? Like, why do I keep having friction with my grown children? Like, why do I keep having hostility between my wife of 20, 30 years? Why, God? Why can't you take the trouble to? If you've overcome the world, why didn't you just take the trouble with you when you overcame it? And so we're left having to choose to resolve negative 10 emotions with either unhealthy lifestyle choices or healthy lifestyle choices that just get us to zero. Just get us to mediocre. But Jesus doesn't stop there in the gospel of John. Because the same God that promised you would have troubles also promised that he has the power and the authority to impart to you peace. Look at John fourteen twenty seven. It says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Jesus just said, I do not give the way the world gives. The world's got a reputation of giving. And the world will give what the world can give. But I don't give what the world has to give. I give something different. I give something heavenly. I give something permanent and eternal. And Lord knows, all of us knows what it feels like to be a recipient of what the world Gives, like just this last week we concluded 77 hours of non-stop prayer can we just give god a shout of praise for that milestone of our church 51 unique individuals participated in 77 hours of non-stop prayer and guess what it was powerful and there was breakthrough after breakthrough. And just like God to give breakthrough after breakthrough, the enemy says, well, I got I to get involved too. And then he introduces setbacks just as God gives breakthroughs. Finding out that like more than half the staff all get sick at the same time. All their kids get sick at the same time. I baptized my daughter last week, about threw her out of the baptistry last week. <laughs> and then my wife gets super sick. I got a text last week, someone I love and respect dearly, a possibility of a disease. It's just like the enemy to introduce setbacks just as God has accomplished breakthroughs. So it's not that we shouldn't be praying nonstop for 77 hours. It means that we should be praying more. And we war in the spirit against a demonic realm by prayer. Prayer. And as God gives us breakthroughs, the enemy will try to discourage us with setbacks and we meet those setbacks with more prayer. That is the call. That is the plan. This world is gonna give you what the world can give you. The world's gonna give you a lot of things that are gonna feel like a negative 10 emotion. You're gonna find out that someone you love passed this season. You're gonna find out that your child is going to get kicked out of their school, whatever. You're going to find out that you're not going to get that Christmas bonus. You're going to find out these things because the world will give you what the world can only give you, which is bad news and trouble. But it doesn't have to be that way for the people that follow Jesus. For the people that follow Jesus... We can anchor our hope and our peace in something well beyond cooking a meal with music on, or reading a book in a quiet room or going to the gym. We can anchor our peace in a person who has promised to be present in the midst of that trouble. You're going to have troubles, friend, but Jesus promised himself as well. The question is, are you close enough to Jesus? to receive the gift of peace he wants to give to you. For those of you who have three-year-olds in the room, right, many of us have three-year-olds at home? Yeah, come on. I put my three-year-old down for a nap yesterday and I went and I ran some errands. When I came back in an hour, my wife says, Sia has been in her room crying uncontrollably now, nonstop, for an entire hour and I don't know what to do, I'm frazzled, Luke, I need you to take over. Okay. So I march upstairs as I'm hearing my three-year-old wail and wail and cry uncontrollably. And I don't know why. But there she is, crying. As soon as I walk into her room, I surprise her. She quick looks at me. And she sees. Daddy. She's got tears rolling down her face. She's got all this anxiety in her spirit. But as soon as she sees me, she stops crying. I walk over to her bed. I pick her up. I send her to bed. I look at her eyes. I say, see, it's okay. I don't know what's going on, but it is okay. I'm here. So she puts her head on my shoulder, and she quiets up, and she lays there for the next 15, 20 minutes, calming down. Peace is not a life absent of problems. It's a life present to the presence of God. Peace is when Jesus walks into your room and you know him well enough that you recognize him when he does. That is peace. Peace. Peace is a person in your midst. So if you are trying to build a life that moves from negative 10 emotions to zero to positive 10, you won't get past zero without Jesus Christ. You won't. And God, in Jesus, walked into humanity's bedroom. Look at Isaiah 9.6. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, which is a poetic way of saying Jesus is responsible for everything. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of what? Prince of Peace. If Jesus... Is the Prince of Peace, and we're gonna use monarchy language here. That means that God the Father is the King of Peace. That means that there is a peacefulness for your soul available in the Godhead, in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I know that many of you desire and long for shalom. You want it, you just don't know how to get it because you've been trying to manufacture it. You don't need to manufacture it, you can stop crying. Jesus has walked into your room. Jesus has introduced himself to you in a kind and gentle way. He longs to be in your presence. He wants to metaphorically hold you in your pain and in your trouble and in your chaos and in your drama and in all of those things. He wants you to be comfortable in your own skin. You will only be comfortable in your own skin as you lay in his presence. Last week, I had this incredible opportunity to pray with somebody in our church. And this person was going through some things in their life um, that were totally, totally private. I'll never forget this moment, friends. This person decided to lay right here, completely laying down on this person's face. And in prayer, we just ward in the Spirit together, asking for breakthrough and fresh insight and revelation for this person and this person's family. And the Holy Spirit told me to do this, and I'll never uh, argue with the Holy Spirit. He told me to go get a blanket and lay it over this person, just as a reminder of the warmth and comfort that the Holy Spirit brings to someone who's seeking him honestly and earnestly. And this person just came up and, and it was, there was no one else in the room. It was just me and this person. And I put a blanket over this person. This person was crying out to God. The authentic cry of a soul looking and longing for a peace that only God himself can give in Jesus. There are so many people in this room that long for something that only Jesus can give. You will have to find yourself laying before him kneeling before him, longing for what only he can give because his Holy Spirit is a comforter. And just like that big blanket covered that person, the Holy Spirit covers you too and brings a warmth and a comfort to you that you will not get anywhere else. I know that there's someone here this morning that's trying out church because you tried everything else. You're just like, well, I might as well give church a try because everything else has failed. Like you're here, you you heard about this church from a friend. You heard about Jesus from a coworker. You're like, I might as well give God a try because nothing else has worked. There's a reason you're here, friend. You're not here by accident. God does not accidentally do things. God does things on purpose. I remember when I didn't know Jesus, there was no peace in my soul. I did not have peace. But because I met Jesus and because Jesus met me, even though I have troubles in my life. And did you know that pastors also have troubles? Did you know that? Yeah, they do. We all do. I now have peace, which means the world's dumbest uh, bumper sticker is also true. No Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. And if you do not have Jesus in your soul, you do not have peace. You can manufacture it all you want and you can attempt to manufacture it all you want and you will experience a mediocre life. But if you know Jesus, you will know a peace that surpasses understanding. You won't understand how you could possibly have the peace that you have because it's given by a great God to you, a child he loves. And it's in his presence. Um, Last week, uh, excuse me, uh, last, last Friday rather, over the weekend, um, as my wife was sick, I decided to throw all three kids into my car and head up to Frankfurt for the lights at TPA Park. And for any of you who have never gone up to TPA Park for the, for the lights, it's a free deal. It's super cool. It's a, it's a really neat way to like celebrate festively the season. So take your kids up to Frankfurt. It's like a 45 minute drive from here to TPA Park. So I threw my kids in the car. Wife's at home, still recovering. And my kids got hungry, so we, you know, drove through uh, Culver's, got a little bit of Culver's. Come on, Culver's, and then we drove on to the park. And as soon as we got to the park, you got to the entrance, and you kind of you turn your lights off on your car, and you turn the radio on to their station, and you know you're only going like two or three miles per hour. And so you can like take your kids out of the car seats. We, we've done this for years. And the, so Maddox, material old, is sitting on my, standing on my lap and he's like holding the steering wheel and I'm holding the steering wheel. It was super, he's like learning how to drive. And then Mila's sitting to my right and see it. And Mila keep changing places in the, in the passenger seat. It was such a fun time. My kids loved it so much. We went through it twice. Now it was chaotic. Like I want you to picture like Culver's fr- fries, like flying through the cab of the truck and They're like singing along with the Christmas songs and pointing to the carriage and the trains and everything that's lit up, the igloos, all all the things. It was so festive. It was so fun. My car smells terrible, like all the things, all the things. It was super fun. We went through it twice. We had our fun. And then at the end of the second time that we went through it, I buckled my kids into their car seats. And my three-year-old goes, Daddy, I want to go home. How many of us can relate to that? That groan. The ups and downs of life create like this deeper groan in our souls. Daddy, I just want to go home. Just take me to wherever is peaceful. Take me to where is safe and secure. I just want to go home. And as I drove my kids down Michigan Road south of Frankfurt back home, guess what happened? All three of my kids fell asleep in the car. Christ Jesus. Do you know why they fell asleep? Do you know why my kids fell asleep? Because they knew where they were going and they knew who was taking them there. Yeah, if you do not have peace this morning in your soul, it's because you don't know where you're going and you do not know who's taking you there. I want to invite all of you to stand this morning. Uh, team, can you bring the lights down some so this, we can create for this a, a private moment for our church family? I want all of you just to bow your heads for me in this moment and show reverence to the king of the universe who went to great lengths to rescue you and your soul. But I get it. I, I know that there's, there's a lot of non-beasts in the room right now. And if you follow Jesus, you don't need to manufacture more environments for your peacefulness. You need to get real close to Jesus. Let him come into your room. Let him hold you while you're crying. Follower of Jesus, you need more Jesus. You need more presence. You need to be more present to his presence. Allow him access to your heart, into your soul, into your mind. If you do not follow Jesus, the reason you do not have peace with God is because you are still hostile towards him. And there is enmity between you and him. But there does not have to be anymore. This morning, a prayer staff teammate came and she came early and she asked me what she could pray for. And I said, pray for peace. And so the prayer room is currently staffed. And for anyone in this room, under the sound of my voice, under the authority of God's word, if you do not have peace with God, but instead you have enmity with God, you only need to embrace his son Jesus and accept the free free gift of salvation. That is it. It is faith and faith alone. You don't have to do a dance. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to change your life radically at this point forward. God will transform you by his spirit. You do not have to clean up your life. You do not have to make a donation. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to go change your clothes. You don't have to go put a robe on. You don't have to do anything except place your trust in Jesus so that you have peace in your soul. So friend, brother or sister, I wanna invite you to do several things. You can either go to the prayer room right now and allow a prayer teammate to pray with you, pray over you. If you just placed your hope, your trust in Jesus, for peace in your soul, go to the prayer room. In these last two songs, if you feel led to lay before the stage as a symbolic gesture of completely surrendering unto the Father, completely surrendering to Jesus, everything you have inside of you, you are begging for peace. You want it so bad. You want to move from zero to plus 10 so bad. You will take anything that's offered to you. I want to invite you to lay at the stage, and allow the Holy Spirit to cover you and comfort you. So Jesus, we call upon your name even now. Would your spirit move in a mighty, tangible way? Would our spirits be actively present to your presence and the power and the might of God's name? God's people say,